to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome, 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 beautiful one, into episode 105 of Stars, Stones, and Stories. This is the first episode of the Gregorian year of 2024. I got a strong message to offer this transmission for you all as this Saturday, the Saturn Day, on the 20th of January, we have Pluto shifting back into the sign of Aquarius. And so we're going to take some time in this episode to unpack what this means and how you can work with it because Pluto is the renewer, the transformer, the redeemer, the rejuvenator. Although Pluto is far away, far, far, far away in space, the magnetism of Pluto's movements affect us so deeply here on earth. They affect your psyche and how you connect into humanity and culture at large. In fact, we can find the most distinction between generations through Pluto. Pluto really marks 
the energy of these different generations. Pluto has been dancing through the sign of Capricorn since 2008. And this is earth energy. It's universally focused and it's cardinal. It's very initiatory. Simultaneously, we've been coming out of an earth age, so to speak. We can measure these ages through the outer planets, through this branch of astrology called mundane astrology. It's a branch of astrology I personally am very fascinated with and really in my graduate studies at the Sophia Center, part of my work there, my master's of art dissertation was so focused around mundane astrology. And I love looking at mundane astrology because it helps us to orient into events and history here on earth. And it's how we can apply these moments in time and space to collective reality. And I think that this word, the collective, has been thrown around a lot since about 2019. I think that this concept of the collective became really strong in people's minds around 2019. But I don't think many people really understand what it means when they say or when we really express this concept of the collective. And collective reality really speaks to the psyche of all of humanity. And in order to really understand the psyche of all of humanity, one must understand their own psyche. So this is the unconscious, the subconscious parts of self, the spaces and places that we take action from, or we speak from, we behave from, based off of other moments in our lives or other lifetimes, the unconscious is essentially where we have not yet brought light into ourselves. Therefore, the collective unconscious is where we as a family of humanity have not yet brought light into who we are, and our identity as a whole. As Pluto is shifting into this sign of Aquarius once more, Pluto entered into Aquarius on the 23rd of March of 2023, and then retrograded back in June of 2023, back into Capricorn. So Pluto spent just a fraction of 2023 in Aquarius. We didn't really get a sense of what would happen, but we know, we know Pluto is going to bring in some massive changes. So it is the 20th of January this year of 2024 that Pluto will enter into the sign of Aquarius again. And then on the 1st of September of this year, Pluto will retrograde back into Capricorn. By the 19th of November of 2024, Pluto is anchored into Aquarius all the way until March of 2043. 
and then Pluto will retrograde back into Aquarius. And when we get to the year of 2044, Pluto will enter into Pisces. So ultimately what we're speaking of in this year of 2024, we're speaking of a 20 year journey of Pluto and Aquarius. This is two decades of your life, two decades of all of these babies born from 2024 to 2044 that will have Pluto and Aquarius. We're still uncertain of what that means, but what we're going to explore in this episode is what it could mean and how it might impact you. So I'm going to take a moment and I'm just going to talk briefly about the exact chart, the moment that Pluto shifts into Aquarius this upcoming Saturday. And then I'm just going to take some time and break down for you a little bit about who Pluto is, what Pluto represents, and what this Pluto and Aquarius journey could mean. The moment Pluto shifts into Aquarius, it's going to be Saturday, the 20th of January at 7.56 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. And this moment is a really fascinating moment for a couple of reasons. One, on this day, the sun will have already shifted into Aquarius earlier in the day. So we have both the sun and Pluto shifting signs on the same day. And I believe that speaks volumes about this year, about this journey of Pluto and Aquarius. And also Mercury, Mercury was retrograde in December. Mercury went retrograde around the 13th of December at approximately like eight degrees and 27 or 29 arc minutes. And Mercury is about to clear his retrograde degree, which is a big deal because Mercury hasn't fully expressed all he wishes to relay until he clears that final shadow degree. And so Mercury as Thoth, as Tehuti, as the communicator of signs and symbols, wishes to express something as we go into this air age. Now we have that very significant great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn on winter solstice of 2020. And that was at one degrees Aquarius. I podcasted about the great conjunction. I believe it's, there are two episodes. I believe they're episodes 16 and 17 of this Star Stones and Stories journey. If you have not listened to those episodes, I do highly encourage you to go back and listen to those because there are some really interesting kind of subtle things I found around that time and I shared them in those episodes. The other thing that I think is really fascinating about this chart is that Venus, she is on the galactic center the moment that Pluto shifts back into Aquarius. 
Now, we know Pluto dipped into Aquarius from late March until about the middle of June of 2023. And that gave us like a very, very small preview. However, what we're going to experience in the year of 2024 between now and September is the more in-depth preview, so to speak. And then once we get to November, the 19th of this year, then we are like living. We're living with what Pluto and Aquarius is going to mean for us personally and collectively. So the fact that Venus is on the galactic center, the moment that Pluto shifts into Aquarius and Ceres is coming to meet up with Venus, I think this is quite significant. Venus representing what we love, what we value. Ceres is demarcating the earth mother herself, Gaia, Sophia, Pachamama. So there's this like deep call to remember, remember our star heritage as Pluto shifts into Aquarius. Regardless of how you feel about living here on earth and what it means to you, there are signs and symbols that emerge from every culture around the world that we come from the stars. There was a time, not that long ago, (laughs) just a couple of decades ago in my life where it was very like out there. It was very odd, very strange to talk about these things. Now it has become quite hip (laughs) and um, many, many people are talking about these things, which I think is great. And also it can at times take away the elegance of the moment because clearly there are some people who just do this because it is another form of either making money or having fun or, you know, they may not really be in it or expressing this information because it's their truth. It's that they think that um, they can hop on board to what is cool. And humans will always do this. We've always done this. There will be some of us who will always do this because we want to belong. We all want to belong to something. There's somewhere within each one of us. There's somewhere within you where you want to fit in. We want to be able to share our gifts and we're all here to share our unique medicine. I believe ultimately Pluto in Aquarius is going to help and inspire many, many, many more people to share their unique medicine. And I feel like the chart of this moment speaks to that because we've got a lot of like really beautiful kind of air energy happening which is this desire to communicate and express and share information. It also brings in a swiftness. And that is something that from 2008 up until this now moment, we've really kind of been drudging along with Pluto in Capricorn. It is an energy that can connect into the density of the earth, into the old paradigms, into the shadow of empire, the shadow of the patriarchy, even the shadow of the matriarchy, right? The shadow of distorted leaderships, 
and also timelines where there have been curses, where there have been distortions intentionally set in, mistruths intentionally created and crafted to keep people and the planet as a whole very confused. And so Pluto shifting into Aquarius is going to open up the channels of information, and it's going to be very exciting in many ways. The moment Pluto shifts into Aquarius on this 20th of January, we also have the moon waxing in Gemini, early degrees Gemini. So the moon is really wishing to communicate quite a lot and trining, coming into a beautiful trine with Pluto and the sun, which is quite lovely. I mean, technically the trine has already happened, but that energy, that harmony, that free flow, the gifts, they're here to be received. This is a this is a beautiful transit, this moment. And this moment in many ways will speak to what you could experience over the next uh, nine months of this journey and perhaps even the next two decades. Pluto is a planet, some call it a dwarf planet, discovered in 1930. And whenever these outer planets are discovered, when they're discovered means something. There's a message that comes with the moment of their discovery. And we can think of what was happening in 1930. There was a lot of turmoil. There was war. There was a lot of death and destruction. What happened over the course of the next few years from this moment brought in a deep awareness into the psyche of humanity of how corrupt humans can be, how distorted, how inhumane, and how really evil. I mean, I don't, I don't like to, I, I believe the power of words is strong. And I think it's important that we understand that when we live here on earth, this is a, this is a planet of duality. It is a polarity planet we get to determine the dance of polarity we will be in. And so Pluto comes in to transform the collective psyche and also to bring awareness to how people can behave, how people can come together in almost like a collective psychosis. So the cycle of Pluto is roughly 247 years, and it will spend anywhere between 15 to 26 years in each sign because Pluto has this erratic orbit. So there's times where Pluto is closer to the sun than Neptune. Every 228 years, Pluto's orbit brings it closer to the sun than Neptune, and that's just for a period of about 20 years. So it was from 1979 to 1999 that Neptune was the farthest from the sun. This planet, dwarf planet, whatever you want to call it, I give Pluto the status of a planet when I'm looking at people's charts. I've read and sat with enough people to know wholeheartedly Pluto really has a weight. That being said, because my astrology really leans into the astrology of the ancients and I use ancient techniques. I also give the majority of weight to the main planets 
the personal planets and the teaching planets, the planets that were visible by the eyes. These planets are the ones that the ancients have used through the Vedas and through all of the different schools of astrology that have developed. So when Pluto was discovered in 1930, Pluto was around 18 degrees cancer. Pluto seeks to renew, seeks to transform. And when we consider this glyph of Pluto, we have the cross of matter and coming out of that cross of matter is the crescent or the mind. And then above the crescent, the mind is the circle, which is divine spirit. It is infinity. So this glyph itself speaks to how there's this desire to transcend the realm, the world of duality through the mind and to reach for that divine spirit. Therefore, Pluto is all about transformation and renewal and regeneration and healing. And this is about your healing to connect in with your divinity all through the mind. Therefore, Pluto has this deep impact into the psyche and is a very slow moving planet and goes retrograde each year for many months Therefore, each year, Pluto's only advancing in degrees about one to three degrees each year, depending on the sign it's in. And as I mentioned before, we had Pluto dip into Aquarius in 2023. This January, Pluto will re-enter into Aquarius, and by the 19th of November, will transit through Aquarius all the way up until 2043 where it will dip into Pisces and then live in Pisces from the 19th of January of 2044 onwards. So for the next two decades, we're going through this experience of Pluto and Aquarius. There are a lot of archetypes connected with Pluto. There's Hades, the Lord of the Underworld. Quite often, Pluto is seen as this masculine frequency. However, there are some myths where Pluto is actually feminine. And I think either can truly fit and they're both correct. This is a planet of great metamorphosis, of judgment, of psychological death and rebirth. This frequency of Pluto is like this higher octave of Mars. So Mars representing the lower will and one's vitality and how one moves through physical space and how they use their life force, their life blood. Pluto as this higher octave is about death and rebirth and the process of metamorphosis, of transformation the evolution of the id, of the ego. This is a process of decay as the snake sheds his or her skin, very much like a menstruating woman shedding the lining of her uterus, being reborn over and over again. And this process of shedding skin 
like the snake, is one that perhaps you haven't really considered, but I have a snake. And having watched my snake go through his shedding process, to be honest with you, I imagine on some physical level, it it doesn't feel good. I think there's probably some discomfort and there's a lot of tenderness that comes through the process. And those of us who are menstruating women, we can resonate with that because when the uterus is shedding its lining, it doesn't always feel good. There's a deep sensitivity a few days before a woman starts to menstruate. And then the process itself of menstruation is a whole journey. For some women, it can be incredibly painful. For some women, it's incredibly spiritual and transcendent. For indigenous women who still hold to the practices, there's a time of bleeding directly on the earth and really communing with the earth mother. And it becomes a very ceremonial offering of prayers and gratitude to the earth herself. We can see how this act of transforming from one identity into another has phases and it has a little literal journey to it. There is a beginning, a middle, and an end. And this is what Pluto represents. Pluto is representing the journey, the story. And this podcast called Stars, Stones, and Stories vibrates with this frequency because the stones carry the ancient wisdom, the ancient future wisdom of the stars. And there are literal stones that journey through space, through the stars. We have journeyed from and through the stars to here on earth. And it is our stories that are so important. Our stories help us make sense of our world and they help us make sense of our identities and why we're here, our purpose, and what our medicine is. In many indigenous cultures, one of the most phenomenal acts is to be given a name in a ceremonial way, and that name demarcates your medicine, your life's path, and what you're here to deliver. And when you have the gift of that name and you live in that frequency, you are reminded every time someone calls to you what your medicine is. So this journey of Pluto can take one down into very dark places. Pluto can speak to power struggles and shadow energies It can speak to where one might control others or be manipulative or be possessive or vindictive or controlling or not being able to trust or to be overly suspicious. Pluto connects to our instincts and that 
archetype of the devouring mother, like Kali herself, or Pele, devouring Sekhmet, devouring all of the jealousy and the greed and the rage and the toxicity of the ways humans can treat one another, can treat the earth and all of her sacred creatures, and can treat God or goddess himself or herself. So Pluto can really speak to the, the nasty behavior of humanity, and perhaps we could say even the gods themselves, because when we study some of these mythos, the gods and the goddesses quite often are multidimensional beings. Their shadow and light within them. Pluto encourages a journey into the darkness because when we can dive into that darkness and where we can really bring awareness to power and the taboo, and all of the breakdowns and the endings and the death, there is a sensation of being contracted, of going through the eye of the needle. And it makes me think of the first time I was in the Great Pyramid, and it was quite early in the morning. I think it was about 3 or 4 a.m., and we were walking down to go into the nun of the pyramid, to go into the subterranean area. And it's quite intense, and the air is thick, and it's hard to breathe. It smelled like ammonia. I wasn't prepared to have to crouch my body as I was descending, And I found what I was wearing to be very challenging to move my body and not step over part of my clothing or, I mean, I had like necklaces dangling and my hair was down and I had like scarves and so many things. The sensation of having to crouch and move down and not know how much further It was going to be to go down. We just kept going down and down and down and down. I felt immediately, I felt death. And I I knew people had died in there. And I felt like perhaps maybe in another lifetime, maybe I had died in there. I wasn't really sure. But there was a moment of terror for sure. And I considered like, I could turn around I could go back up. Like, I don't have to do this portion of the Great Pyramid. And I thought about my daughter thousands of miles away, how I wasn't ready to leave the earth plane and that I needed to to be there for her. And it was a real moment of panic as in any eye of the needle sensation. I I took a breath And I thought to myself, this is such a gift to be here, to be in this sacred space. It feels very unnerving. And yet I could feel that there was something really powerful for me on the other side of that experience. And so I allowed myself to surrender. 
And through that moment of breakdown, there was a breakthrough. And we got to the nun. I understood later and over time, I I could really understand why I went down there. And it was powerful. And it is something that when I bring people to Egypt, sometimes we go in the nun, sometimes we don't. Because there's a time and a place for that experience. It's important to be very discerning about when we want to come into that sort of contact, so to speak. Because Pluto, as this frequency of death and regeneration, means that in order to regenerate, something has to die. And Pluto absolutely brings in a form of death, although normally it is a psyche death. So there's a part of the mind that is dissolved. Pluto ultimately connects in with our deep sexuality, our libido, our eros, our ability to love, and our ability to merge with others in cathartic healing. Pluto is very much Phoenix energy because when we can surrender to the moment and we can rise up out of the ashes, we are reborn into something we could have never even imagined. And it is that ability to move through the intensity, to move through the alchemical fire, and to allow that carbon to shift into a diamond. That is the frequency of Pluto. And I believe on some level, Saturn can offer some of this energy, but only Pluto brings it into the realm of intensity, of really being able to surrender and let go, and weaving in that deep sexual life force. And so where Pluto lies within the birth chart, one can be vulnerable to distortions and misunderstandings. It is a place where quite often we've experienced some form of trauma or chaos. And it also is a place in the chart of great power, a place where when one is willing to go into their psyche and purify, purify terror and horror and fear, this energy can be transformed into great potential. It is like the rising of the kundalini from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. This Pluto energy is very much connected to the life force. And so as we consider the ancient serpent, we can find Pluto's teachings within there. Now, Pluto in Capricorn has revealed quite a lot and showed us quite a lot around deception and power and control dynamics. And Aquarius as fixed air energy, Aquarius is going to bring in more information and potentially more truth for we the people. 
Now, traditionally, Aquarius is also ruled by Saturn. So Pluto will continue to answer to Saturn over the next two decades. Currently, Saturn is in Pisces, completing a near 30-year cycle. So Saturn is about to graduate over the next couple of years and be distilling some very significant wisdom. And this is going to help us, I think, a lot collectively as Pluto shifts into Aquarius. Aquarius is all about, I am unique. I am different. This is the scientist, the futurist, the avant-garde rebel, the inventor, the genius, the humanitarian, the outlaw, the cosmic visionary, the multi-dimensional galactic federation, the lover of the Davic kingdoms, the goddess of democracy, a universal free spirit. Pluto and Aquarius will be very exciting. However, we must remember every sign has a light and a dark to them, and that Pluto and Aquarius can also be used to control the collective. And it's important as artificial intelligence evolves that we as humans continue to have our sovereign expression of humanity and that we continue to ensure our rights to live and to live as individuals and to live as free individuals are upheld. We also wish to offer AI love and compassion. I think that's going to be very important because Aquarius energy can be very detached, very much detached from the heart. It can be head over heart instead of heart over head. And artificial intelligence will already be head over heart because there is no heart within AI, not like a human heart, at least. And this is going to be what will distinguish us in our new earth that for now, as far as we can see, AI will have a place. So how do we continue to define ourselves as unique within the landscape In the tarot, Aquarius connects to the star. This is a major arcana card. And it is about a wish fulfillment. And I believe that many collective wishes could be fulfilled with Pluto and Aquarius. This is an energy that wishes to reform. An energy that encourages people really participating and being a part of a team. It is unicorn energy. It is innovative and it is magical and it is truly concerned about the well-being of Mother Earth and all of her beings. However, again, we must be wary of being too rebellious or being rebellious for rebellion's sake or being too detached or being ungrounded or unpredictable. So I think it's going to be really, really important over the next couple of decades to stay connected to the heart center and meditation and breath exercises, a daily practice, they will be non-negotiable. It's something I've been sharing in 
Star Stones and Stories and in my various offerings since 2016, just really saying a daily practice is non-negotiable. In 2020, we all started to see why it was non-negotiable. We can expect our sensing of time and our relationship to time to greatly, greatly change over the next two decades. We can expect major, major advances in technology. And ultimately, part of what is happening is our bodies as humans are becoming more subtle, meaning we are becoming less dense and we are bringing in more light. The human light body will be activated more and more. Your rainbow light body will be activated more and more, which means that for each one of us, we we must take accountability for our thoughts because thoughts become things. Thoughts, the word, the deed, all of this matters and will matter even more and more as the days continue to create themselves. Pluto in Aquarius will inspire new levels of collaboration and will help to shift the human culture from me to we. This time of transi- transition, it is really important for you to collaborate with people you feel aligned with and to allow yourself to form new constellations within your communities. Most likely, the people you have interacted with or you've called community or you've called your tribe or they've been a part of your friendship circles, I would say some of those will continue on, but I would say many, many of them will dissolve if they have not already. You've probably already seen it since 2020. And new collaborations, new constellations, new tribes will be formed for this new earth consciousness. So we're coming into a time where we can learn how to celebrate one another, how to elevate one another, how to amplify one another, how to just really complete the cycle of abuse and trauma and feeling and thinking there's not enough resources for everyone to thrive on the earth. Pluto and Aquarius wants you to remember that Mother Earth is here to hold you. There's plenty at the table of the goddess and that you have a seat at the table of the goddess and there's a bounty, there's a cornucopia of so much for you to experience and enjoy in this lifetime and that you have come to Earth to thrive and to celebrate and to co-create. I wish you so many blessings in this transformative time of Pluto shifting from Capricorn into Aquarius once more. And I'd like to invite you to dive deeper into my work through Earthseed Temple Arts. I am available for a one-on-one reading. We can connect about your astrological chart. I can offer you guidance 
through astrology, through tarot, through oracle cards. I also offer alchemy sessions. These alchemy sessions are a combination of sound healing and stone medicine. On the 25th of January, Thursday, I'm offering a Leo full moon cosmic sound healing ceremony from 8 to 9.30 p.m. This will be live taught online. And on Thursday, the 8th of February, in person in West Asheville, will be the Aquarius Dark Moon Women's Wisdom. This will be a very important gathering as we'll be opening the portal of Imbolc together. Finally, my 2024 Masterclass is available for download. I invite you to receive this wealth of information that will assist you in strategizing your experience in 2024. Radical transformation is afoot in this year, and you are invited to unlock the dragon codes and the potency. And in this masterclass, you're going to receive a four-hour video recorded teaching, two hours on the cosmology of the year, two hours on the astrology of the year. You'll also get a PDF guide that covers these themes, the themes of each month, and discusses the energies of the major astrological transits with the key dates. And there is a guide of the houses, so you can apply this info directly with your own chart. There's a guided breath meditation that will be amazing for you to practice throughout the year. An oracle divination spread for the year The reading that has come along with that is about an hour long, and it's something you can refer back to over the course of the year, and a guided meditation to weave all of the cosmology and the astrology of the year and help you to make it applicable to your own life. I would love to connect with you in an event, in a one-on-one reading, You can also follow me on Instagram at Earthseed Temple Arts. I used to have a page for Star Stones and Stories, and I'm in the process of kind of burying that page. I'm not really posting there anymore, so do give me a follow at Earthseed Temple Arts. That's where I'll be consolidating all of my energy moving forward. Thank you so much for circling up here in sacred space. May there be peace to the east, the south, the west, the north, deep into the heart of Mother Earth, spiraling out into the cosmos, and threading back into your heart. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. May all beings be free. Ashe. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. I invite you to dive into my offerings of alchemical astrology, mystery school teachings, and global pilgrimages at earthseedtemplearts.com. Ensure you are receiving my weekly Venetian love notes delivered each Friday to your inbox, and you can sign up for those at Earthseed Temple Arts. You may follow me on YouTube at Earthseed Temple Arts. Instagram at Earthseed Temple Arts, and also at Stars, Stones, and Stories on Instagram, where you will receive regular 
insights and updates about our current cosmic weather. My prayer is that you fully awaken to the reality that you are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in your authentic truth, you have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.